How do we pivot? There's this new normal. How do we how do we pivot to adjust to what the world looks like right now? So question one is what are all the different things you do currently? Currently, uh, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. and which of those things work just the same? Which of those things work but work a little differently? And which of those things don't work at all right mm-hmm. now? And then also evaluate what are other things that you could do that would work even better in this current environment. Well, but I think the the first step is that evaluation of what you're doing now and what doesn't work. We really need to understand what the problem is. And the magnitude. People kind of know something's wrong and then they just start throwing solutions like darts at Mm -hmm. at a dartboard. Just trying random things. This is, I think, what we see the most when people try to pivot, is they go, well, stuff's not working. Let's do something different. But it's, it's, it's like a 360 degree shotgun blast. And, and that's why we ran through this exercise like this. So you can see exactly the level of detail that we put into what are all of the problems. And you kind of write all those problems on the board. And then you want to think about either A, do we already do something that would serve this, that would fix this, that would work better for these problems? Or do we need to explore something new? Because exploring something new can be great. But again, the truth is we found that when we really thought about it differently, there was something we were already doing, but just not really looking at as a unique service. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. A little bit. You made it. I made it through the intro. (laughs) So we're here. So this is episode 54. Wow. That's just a gigantic number, 54. We've been doing this for a little while now. Something, yeah. And uh, we talked in the last episode, which we called, How Are You? Mm-hmm. I'm doing fine. You? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank I'm you. actually not. I'm actually really tired of Oof. working at home. Right. And really ready for the world to like. I wasn't looking for that level of share. <laughs> you didn't ask, how are I you? Was, really? I just wanted fine. I'm sorry. Fine. I'm fine. Fine. That's fine. what I was looking for. <laughs> and if you missed out, go ahead and back up and check, how are you? Uh, so in that episode, we kind of ended by talking about the idea that the new world is going to look different. The new normal is going to look different. And some of us may find that we need to pivot, mm-hmm. which is what uh, Arcade is working on right now. Mm-hmm. So it's always important that you're thoughtful about as the world changes, and it seems like it changes faster every day, mm-hmm. every year, uh, how are you going to pivot to justify your, your existence? You don't deserve to exist just because you're a great person. You actually need to do something to provide value and and change with the times. Otherwise, you go the way of blockbuster video. It's true. Which was my dream job before they all closed. It was. So now your dream is over. My dream is dead. It's over. No That's dream right. for you. So when we were kind of talking about how to address this in a podcast, um, we didn't want to do the kind of 10, 10 tips on how to pivot. Like 10 a- hot tips to a better bikini bod. <laughs> pivot to your bikini body. Nobody's doing that during COVID. (laughs) Uh, So instead, what we're going to do is talk to you about what we've been kind of working through over the past few days, which is the pivot that we're taking. So this episode is called A Case Study on Pivoting, Project Coaching. So we're going to walk through one example of how we're pivoting and, and talk about the nature of pivoting and what you need to do to be successful about it. And we're going to give you the example of project coaching, which is the focus of our energy at this moment. Mm-hmm. So 
just a little bit, let's talk about kind of what our usual uh, funnel looks like. So we're talking about sales funnel, not kitchen funnel. <laughs> so the way that the way that we get to the vast majority of our work is that people meet us in a training session. Mm-hmm. So training is typically our, our biggest form of introduction uh, where they'll pay to, to come and take one of our classes, our outlook classes, our construction management classes, and that creates the conversation. It starts the conversation for the bigger picture of what we do. So sometimes they find us and just sign up for a four-hour class, mm-hmm. or sometimes they meet us through an organization, or, we'll do classes through that. Or word of mouth. Mm-hmm. But however they find us, then we do a training session, which then leads them to get to know us mm-hmm. and how we see the world and how we work uh, and leads to deeper conversations with leadership. About it, They'll have deeper questions about their own organization and they'll say, but in my business, it works like this. Uh, what would you recommend in that case? And so then we, we start to have a, a deeper level conversation about the nature of their business and they recognize our, our breadth of experience and on we go from there. And so then generally that leads to us having development work to do. Mm -hmm. And when we get to the point in the development work where now we've kind of got some stuff rolled out and it's working and it's doing its job, then we'll shift into coaching mode where we just have one-on-one kind of ongoing feedback with these people where we're just helping them get used to how these new pieces work. We're helping them do their job on a day-to-day basis, Mm -hmm. kind of providing some just touch support. Yep. So we'll provide personal coaching, executive coaching, uh, team coaching, kind of uh, role coaching for project management, et cetera, superintendents. Uh, But one major form of coaching that we provide that's kind of at the end of our funnel is, is project coaching. And project coaching is something that's a little bit different. Well, and it's not something that we've really so much packaged as a a service in the past. It's something that uh, we see companies and they have projects that are not going well or projects that need help. And it's just one way that we can kind of work in that development sense to to start fixing things. So I'm willing to bet that there are a number of people listening right now who don't necessarily know what project coaching is because it's a weird concept. And we're that's so we're going to be getting into that Mm kind of as we go. We're going to be talking about how it works and, and what it does. Um, But the point is that our usual funnel is not something that is necessarily going to work so well for us now because the remote training, it just doesn't lead to the same depth of Mm -hmm. conversations. So this isn't the only way it works. Mm -hmm. It looks different for every client. But this is the most common way that we do our work. And a big concern that we have is that without that in-person connection that we get at the training the whole rest of that process just ends, that we just do the training and that's the end of that. It's much more difficult to build rapport and and to build trust and faith with the people that you're working with if it's only ever through virtual. Mm -hmm. So so then the concern is that that then cuts us off Mm -hmm. of a lot of the different ways that we help people. So the pivot then is to respond to that. Mm -hmm. What do we do? So... In that, in that sense, we talk kind of a little bit about we do three different kinds of work. Yeah. So, so there are three primary areas where we spend our time. A lot of people will think that we just are construction trainers or we just teach Outlook. Yeah. Right? We're Microsoft trainers. We're software trainers. We're software trainers. Yeah. We, do you have an Excel class? No, we don't have an Excel class. But the idea is that, no, we're just trainers and that's their perception. Uh, but in fact, training is about 30% of what we do. 
So the training, though, is set up in these these discrete four-hour to eight-hour sessions mm-hmm. uh, where you sign up and we do that, and that's the end of it, and that's the whole relationship. It's very a la carte. Mm-hmm. Development looks more like when we come in and we start helping you to fix things. We work with your team. We, we see things that need to be fixed. And we help you fix them. Mm-hmm. And this, in, in this case, this is where the business owner or leader is getting frustrated or they're having challenges that they can't get through. So we'll be brought in to uh, survey their whole company and help them develop and implement and train the solutions that will make things better. And if that sounds, if the if seeing things that need to be fixed and fixing them sounds vague, it's because it looks very different. Mm-hmm. And we have helped hire people. We have helped remove people from positions where they weren't working out. We have helped build any kind of process you can think of from accounting processes all the way into construction stuff. So that's that's our most fun work Mm -hmm. because it is so different and it involves so much thinking on our feet. Finally, the coaching, most of the coaching we do is one-on-one coaching. Mm -hmm. And it's where... We meet with someone regularly and we basically just address whatever whatever it is that they're working on right now. And so we'll develop a, a larger training track for that uh, where we're developing and implementing goals. But it's also responsive based on what they need today. But it's it's very one on one. It's mm-hmm. very it's very separate. Yeah. So the problems then that we see in the kind of new normal, aside from that conversation about the kind of cutoff of our mm-hmm. whole funnel Uh, Let's assume, though, that that doesn't happen. Let's assume that we can just carry on and do our work as usual. Well, during the remote era, uh, in terms of training, those are very one-off. They're Mm -hmm. very transactional. uh, And if it doesn't move into a deeper relationship, then that can be, uh, it's not our favorite work in the sense that, you know, we we just recently did a series of an entire we did an entire series with a company, four yeah. whole sessions. And we met those people and we got to know those people and we got to hear some of their frustrations. And when the relationship ends there mm-hmm. and we don't get to move on and do anything to help with that stuff, it, it definitely feels uh, less. It less, feels transactional. Yeah. It's less our favorite kind of work mm-hmm. because really the relationships are our favorite part. Mm-hmm. That is where we like to work. Yeah, we're in the business to help people. And while training does provide a lot of resource, a lot of support, we we don't personally necessarily get the fulfillment of knowing how it went, right? Or helping them parse kind of the smaller details mm-hmm. or the implementation. So let's say though that during this during this kind of remote era that we have clients and they do want us to do that development work. Mm-hmm. That's very challenging right now because so much of how we do that work is by touch, mm-hmm. by feel, mm-hmm. by spending time in their office. We talked a little in the last episode about how right now we're very cut off mm-hmm. because we spend time in all of these different offices as though we're part of those teams. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're able to see mm-hmm. what needs to be done is by by living in that space with them and, and getting to know their real problems as opposed to just seeing it from the outside. And, and being in the right place at the right time to mm-hmm. actually hear things mm-hmm. uh, that, that are critical to, to steering the direction of that development. You're so much more likely to miss information if you're not actually all in the same place. Mm-hmm. So if all we have are these kind of interviews, mm-hmm. we can't see enough to do what we do. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then in coaching, that's been going well mm -hmm. remotely, yeah. but each person is like a vacuum. So mm -hmm. if we found that most of our work reported to this one-on-one -on -one coaching, I think it would be very frustrating because you can't really interact with the relationships or connections between those people mm -hmm. or the way that they're working together. You know, I hear you, I've been hearing more of your coaching mm -hmm. this last couple of weeks than I normally ever did because you used to do it all in person. Mm -hmm. And I hear you talking with one person about their challenges working with someone else. Mm -hmm. And then you're coaching that other person too. And you're talking with them about their challenges working with person number one. Mm -hmm. But without being able to get everyone in the same room and work through that, it's hard to get things done. It can be. I've, and I've actually felt like the one-on-one the -on -one coaching has gone well and uh, we'll probably end up doing a lot more remote coaching yes. because of this. But, I, yeah, but I think that works well remotely. Saying, yeah. But all I'm getting at is if all of our work was one-on-one, -on -one, yep. if we ported to that completely, mm -hmm. our effectiveness would be so much less. Yep. The, the real value is you have the one-on-one -on -one coaching and that is one flow of information mm -hmm. and it feeds into our development work so that when you hear about those challenges, you can then go build a process that will connect those people. Mm -hmm. And then in your one-on-one -on -one coaching, you can walk them both through how to use that process mm -hmm. so that they can work together better. Without that development angle, mm -hmm. the coaching alone is too isolated, mm -hmm. I think. So then with, with all of that in mind, we move into the conversation of project coaching and the pivot. So we really talked about everything that we do and what if, if there were something that we could kind of put out there and start selling that would help solve some of these problems, mm -hmm. what does that look like? Yeah. So and, and create a new funnel. When, when the funnel from training gets smaller, mm -hmm. then it's important that we do still have the opportunity to have new customers come in and, and work with them in a manner that's not just a transaction. Yeah. How do we build a funnel that takes us where we want to go? Mm -hmm. Because uh, I think that if, you know, the, a lot of when I talked through kind of all of those problems, it keeps being if it stays like this, mm -hmm. if we had all coaching. So sure, we could sell more coaching. But if all of our work was just one-on-one -on -one coaching, then what does our motivation look like? What right. does our day look what, like? Well, and why do you want to get up in the morning? So right. personal coaching, it's good, it's fulfilling, but uh, you definitely want to, we want to develop relationships that mean a lot. And it's best as a piece of the mm -hmm. puzzle as opposed to the only yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, I think, how all three pieces work. So project coaching is something that we have done for a long time and it was kind of on request where people are having trouble running projects or they they will have projects that miss and come in way under what their initial profit margin was intended to be and we offer project coaching as a solution so we look at it like a tool in a toolbox the, the development toolbox yep it's not even a coaching tool it's a development it's a tool. development tool uh, but we thought about the idea that what if we kind of built this into more of a specific offering, mm -hmm. something that we really wanted to get out there in front of people. Uh, so what project coaching looks like is we support a team with a project all the way from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. And so this begins even before the contract is signed. And we actually mm -hmm. go through that contract review together with the team. And we're picking out the pieces that we need to be careful of. And we push the changes that we need to, to establish prior to that execution. But essentially, we're looking at the best practices of how to be successful 
with this project from start to finish? How can we make our projects more predictable and how can we make our projects more repeatable? So we act as a member of the team, which mm-hmm. you've been hearing this a lot. This mm-hmm. is a theme. We act as a member, as members of the project team mm-hmm. and support and work on this project through the entire life of the project. So if you think about the last project that you ran and maybe it didn't go super well, I would have you ask yourself, what did that pre-construction process look like? Was there a pre-construction process? Did it involve the whole team or was it just each person individually siloed in that process? I think nailing pre-construction is really important, but Mm -hmm. it's also as the project goes on, making mm-hmm. sure we're actually using those tools we built for ourselves during the pre-construction process. Oh, yeah. Process. Yeah. So we, we put, if you have a good pre-construction process, many times we'll invest all of that time and energy, and then we get pulled into the project and forget all of the work, all of the intention that we had had originally seen for that, that uh, project. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we dissect that project piece by piece prior to starting, we create the, the targets, the goals, the strategy for that project in the beginning. And then piece by piece, step by step, we work through every phase of that project and, and work through it as a team, where, whereas previously we've kind of just flown by the seat of our pants. So this is interesting work. It's hybrid work because we are training people on these things. So a good example is we early in that process will teach how to understand every little bit and piece of the drawings and the specs. So it can be an eye-opening experience, even for the owners of the company, uh, when you recognize all of the blind spots that your team has individually. So we take for granted that everybody knows how to read blueprints and everybody knows how to read specifications. But in fact, when you start to ask questions and and give them that education, everybody starts to get relieved and they get jazzed because they this is the first time they're actually learning how to read this stuff. So when we do this with project teams and when, even when ownership is in the room, what we often find is that the owners will spend all their time focused in talking about what is inside those drawings. Mm -hmm. What's in front of us? What is the project? When the truth is, a lot of times we need to take a couple steps back and talk about what are we looking at? Mm -hmm. How do we navigate these? How do we understand all the information that's here? So in the coaching process, we're, we're intentionally pausing as we're going through the project to verify, not just ask, but verify that everybody is following along, that everybody understands the information that we're processing. And then we're intentionally using the pause button to pull out of the project and talk about the work that we're doing. So not only are we training, but it's training that has super high value and Mm -hmm. super high retention because we are, instead of giving them a textbook and saying, here, look at these prints. This is how you read prints. They're reading the relevant prints that are on their work that they're doing right now, Mm -hmm. which works really well for teaching. But on top of that, we are also then going into the specifics of this project. Mm -hmm. So we are 
driving through and making sure they actually understand what's in those drawings. Mm -hmm. and, and that's just the drawings and specs piece, but we're doing that for every element of the project. Mm -hmm. And as we go through, we'll recognize that maybe we don't have a formal RFI process, or mm -hmm. maybe we don't have a formal change process. Or maybe we have those and they are disconnected in ways where people are using multiple tools mm -hmm. and bumping heads and mm -hmm. it's, it's just not working well. And as we go through the process, we identify where all of the information silos are on the team, and then we're breaking those silos down so that, that the whole team has the visibility of the information that they need and everybody understands their, their specific role and the strategy that they need to participate in for that project. So part of what drove us to this as an appropriate pivot mm -hmm. is knowing that this is going to be even more important in the coming months because as we try to overlay all of this uh, COVID safety regulation yeah. on top of our already existing project and the idea that now as we open up construction, everybody's going to kind of be rushing back to work mm -hmm. and we want to make sure that we have our feet placed carefully. So that makes this especially relevant, especially meaningful. So why... Why this kind of answers a lot of our pivoting questions. Mm -hmm. We kind of went back and we had all of those different issues. Why doesn't development work right now? Why doesn't training work right now? Why doesn't coaching work right now? So for development, it actually works very well because where it might be really challenging for us to try to say, uh, see where accounting problems are because mm -hmm. we're not in the accounting department, we're not mm -hmm. in the room. By actually running this project, we're able to really get a good look at those pieces, even if we can't be in the room, even if it's remote. Mm -hmm. uh, by looking, working with those documents and working with that project, we're able to really see what we need to see. And we're also able to help build that remote working uh, communication system. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't presently exist, if it doesn't exist right now for you or you're kind of struggling with it, we help build that process out so that everybody has that remote access to information mm -hmm. so that we're, we're filling that void, we're bridging the gap, and we're reducing the number of mistakes that we're going to make because we have a communication platform. Mm -hmm. uh, so that making those changes to that process, it represents a part of our development work that's mm -hmm. very much needed and, and really valuable and it's a piece of that that we're able to do right now but it also helps us develop kind of a bigger picture structure mm -hmm. because while we are guiding the project team through the project another thing that project coaching kind of serves is that there's ownership or leadership and a big challenge we'll often see is that those owners they know how to run the project mm -hmm. what they don't know is how they can step away from the project, but still see what's going on, right? They, it's, they don't want to be totally hands-off and they're not comfortable being hands-off, but they still want some sort of verification that the process is working. And it can be really challenging to figure out how to do that. So by stepping into that project coaching role, we, we run interference between leadership and, and the project team. It gives the project team the space to... Uh, develop their own confidence and it it we we create mechanisms 
that that clearly communicate the status of the project to ownership and management. So by building in those pieces that do things like track the profitability, track the status mm-hmm. of how things are going, it makes it so much easier for the project team to say to the owner, here, look, here's how it's going. And the owner, once they see all of that information, mm-hmm. it gets easier to say, okay, I can see that everything's okay. Carry on. And leadership oftentimes doesn't even know what information they should be looking at. <laughs> so it can be helpful that we, we create those benchmarks and we have those KPIs on hand and we're producing that. And if there are tweaks on, on what leadership wants to, to better understand the project, we can, we can address that. But the idea is that we provide those KPIs so that, that we're helping educate everybody in the process of what they should be doing. So do you remember when we first started hiring teams at the roofing company mm-hmm. that you ran with your brother? Yep. That we ran with your brother. Yep. And he This said, was in what, nineteen ninety-nine, I think? Yeah, nineteen ninety-eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said to me, because I was running the office, and he said I, I feel like I need to know more about what's going on. He wants graphs. He was like, it? I want, I, yeah. He said, why don't I want you to like, I want us to have meetings and I want you to show me graphs. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, I'm, I'm running an accounting system. I can, what graphs do you want to see? And he was like, I don't know. It feels like pie charts and bar graphs. Line graphs. <laughs> I just, I just feel like I should see graphs, right? And I think you know that's a but funny he, story. But he didn't know what they, what data it was going to communicate. He just wanted graphs. Well, he and I think he wanted that information that's easy to to see and and digest. Mm-hmm. But he didn't know what he was looking for. And again, it's a funny this is the, story. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what he needed. And, and that's relevant to the topic because many of the, the owners and leaders we work with, they don't necessarily know what all of the KPIs are or what they should be, but they don't necessarily want to communicate that they don't know. And it creates this rift of, of mistrust or misunderstanding potentially between them and the project team. And this piece of it is it more important than ever, again, as we see more disconnectedness and more remote working, yeah. having those pieces, those tools, those processes in place that let us see how the project is going without having to be standing on site is really valuable. So it's important that we recognize everybody learns differently uh, using different different senses, right? Some mm-hmm. people learn by seeing or hearing or talking or, or doing. And a lot of people do learn by doing. Mm-hmm. So when we, we think about what is the best, the single best way that we could actually educate people on how to do their job or do it better, uh, it is through active coaching on their active work. And this is important because a lot of the challenge of teaching a thing is that you need to help people understand its relevance. Mm-hmm. So when we teach time management, we spend a lot of time helping people understand how much damage it's really doing mm-hmm. when you live in stress and chaos what and clutter is, all the What time. is the real cost of interruption? Mm-hmm. And there's some abstraction. You're kind of pulled out of the situation a little bit. And it's a little theoretical, a little philosophical. But when we're coaching through your real project... Mm-hmm. This is your job. This is your trade. These are your documents and your software. It's like adding a magnet to the process. Mm -hmm. It just makes everything snap into place so much more because, of course, it's relevant. I'm about to be building this thing. Yes. And and this is stuff that I work with every day. mm -hmm. uh, And and you have real-time support and real-time learning on on the processes and systems that are relevant to you. So if a big challenge we're facing right now is that that uh, 
how hard we have to work in remote training to keep people engaged. Mm -hmm. Uh, this aspect of working through their actual project, it really, it really amps up that level of engagement uh, because even, even when you're remote, yeah, because right, exactly because it's so relevant and mm -hmm. so important. Yeah. Uh, so and then again, we're also teaching that leadership. So mm -hmm. not only are we building that process with those mm -hmm. KPIs, but we are teaching the leadership how to manage that process, teaching mm -hmm. the project team how to report back. We're kind of helping coach that relationship. So we'll get questions. Well, okay, maybe project coaching could be a good fit for us. Uh, what type of project would be ideal there? And so we look at projects from say three months to 12 months, a longer term project for the reason that, that it is long enough that we can really sink our teeth into it. It's long enough that we can really lean in and, and do some hard learning on the project. Whereas if it's too short, then you don't necessarily have the opportunity to, to really learn all of the lessons that you need to in such a short time. And if you go too long, the problem there is that it's so long before you see the start-finish cycle on a given project that it can be difficult to actually uh, retain everything. So then what this addresses is if our, our training feels like it can be too quick turn. Mm -hmm. If we're only doing training, it feels like that. For, for us. For us. If it's too transactional. We're, we're, right. So again, we're talking about the pivot mm -hmm. and why why this answers mm -hmm. our concerns. Yeah. Uh, then if, if just being able to do one training session means we don't get to build a relationship with those mm -hmm. people through this project coaching, because it, it is these longer projects that we are spending time training Together. through, yep. then we do get a chance to build those relationships and to, to act as a part of that team. So mm -hmm. it, it works better for us. Mm -hmm. So finally, the last kind of concern outside of all, oh, coaching, we didn't really address the one-on-one -on -one coaching. Mm -hmm. So if one-on-one -on -one coaching is, is too isolated, then obviously project coaching, it's like that one-on-one -on -one coaching and we're even doing some of the one-on-one -on -one coaching, but because we're working with the whole team, it lets us get a lot more done in that team dynamic. And, and you understand the relevance and how everything is connected and can actually address those specific problems between the teams and, and for each role on the project. Yep. So the final kind of piece to this outside of the, the three categories of work and all of those problems, how this addresses all of those problems, uh, is the shift to remote work in general, mm -hmm. because it's not our favorite. We yeah. don't really like working remotely. Yeah, I'm a big fan of handshakes. I'm a big mm -hmm. fan. I feel like handshaking, you know, is is uh, related to sincerity. I feel like, and maybe that's my old timey sensibility, uh, but I, I feel like losing some of that physicality is, is a challenge to humanity. And I get why, and I understand that piece, but it is hard. Yeah, so much of our kind of central tenet that we work mm -hmm. around is this idea that if we can just get people together mm -hmm. in the room, interacting with one another, high-fiving one another, playing games together, that's where we build the things we need to get the work done. Mm -hmm. And so working remotely is a concern for us. It's mm -hmm. something that we don't like. Uh, at, but we can't really try to sell in-person work right now. Even if we said, well, we're going to sell you some really cool training sessions for after. Yeah, well, in October. What's after, right? <laughs> right. When is after? And right. what does after look like? Mm -hmm. What are the rules then? Because we're going to have to build that training to, to meet those rules. So mm -hmm. I'm patient and I have faith that we will get there. But we can't really push that right now, mm -hmm. right? Uh, even though it's it's driving us crazy to 
be stuck in the back office. And so the unique thing about project coaching is that it means that we can get started now. It means that we can start digesting the projects. Mm -hmm. We can start preparing for for in-person work so that when in-person work resumes, our projects will likely already be in motion Mm -hmm. and we've made the best use of this time as humanly possible. So we can, it's a thing that we can focus on starting right now Mm -hmm. and we can do it remotely right now while it's required Mm knowing that it will shift into in-person work as soon as that is safe and the right thing to do. And the interesting thing about project coaching is in our history of of doing it, uh, these projects will come in more profitable than your average project. uh, And and in many cases will break records for you. But in my opinion, the profit of the project is the least valuable piece in that exchange. The most valuable piece is the level of decreased stress, uh, the cohesion with the team, the improved process, uh, the the way that things just start to run smoother and more confidently. Mm -hmm. You see that the people's lives start to change because now they start to understand how much control they can have over their project. It affects their life. It affects their family. And and that's the biggest reason for for us to focus on project coaching. So to zoom back from what project coaching is, Mm -hmm. um, I think part of what you kind of got to watch us work through here is the idea that what you want to do is first you want to focus on taking a look at like if, if you and your team were having a meeting about. How do we pivot? Yep. How so do we pivot? There's this new normal. How do we how do we pivot to adjust to what the world looks like right now? So question one is what are all the different things you do currently? Currently, uh, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. and which of those things work just the same? Which of those things work but work a little differently? And which of those things don't work at all right mm-hmm. now? That's- so some of them won't work. Some of them w- could work better. Some of them. There's really no change for it. Mm-hmm. And then also evaluate what are other things that you could do that would work even better in this current environment. Well, but I think the the first step is that evaluation of what you're doing now and what mm-hmm. doesn't work. Because you need to understand the problem before you can start working on a solution. I feel like you're woman-splaining to me. Yeah, that's what you do when someone doesn't <laughs> understand. <laughs> And you patiently explain it to oh. them because that's what they need. Oh. It's the opposite of mansplaining, which see, is when someone already knows what they're talking about. See, men don't know what that feels like. I just want you to be aware of what it's like. Mm-hmm. I, for, to, for men to be woman-splained, too. Yes. Do you, yeah. I just want you to know that we have feelings, too. I think I do know that. Do you, I, I, I think, want... actually... Uh, I think, in, and this is, I'm actually going to mansplain because I think in a lot of cases, I know more about what you're feeling than you do. So we're going to have, a, this a, is like wife splaining though. A, this is a splain contest. It's yeah. We're going to, we're going to have a splain, a splain test. Okay. So anyway, splain test is the, uh, the jet, jet pack. Right. Yeah. Splain okay. test. So, so what I'm getting at is we really need to understand what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the magnitude. Because. It's only, this is kind of that thing we do all the time where people kind of know something's wrong and then they just start throwing solutions like darts at, the, mm-hmm. at a dartboard. Just and trying random things. This is, I think, what we see the most when people try to pivot mm-hmm. is they go, well, stuff's not working. Let's do something different. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's like a 360 degree shotgun blast. 
And, and that's why we ran through this exercise like this. So you can see exactly the level of detail that we put mm -hmm. into what are all of the problems. And you kind of write all those problems on the board. And then you want to think about either A, do we already do something that would serve this, mm -hmm. that would fix this, that would work better for these problems? Or do we need to explore something new? Because exploring something new can be great. Mm -hmm. But again, the truth is we found that when we really thought about it differently, there was something we were already doing, but mm -hmm. just not really looking at as a unique service. Or, or as a funnel mechanism. Right, as, mm -hmm. a, as a thing to kind of market and package as yeah. its own thing. So what are we already doing and how can we solve these problems? Because a pivot should be a response to mm -hmm. something. It should be a solution to something. It it's shouldn't- a, It's a parry. It, yeah, it shouldn't just be a, a random kind of grasp at something different. Mm -hmm. uh, if we wanna try a new thing that's unrelated and is not a solution, that's a different thing than a pivot. If that makes Are sense. Are you telling me what a pivot is? I'm telling you what a pivot is. It's true. <laughs> okay. I don't what know else? if you know what I do here. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of information on our website about project coaching. It should be live by the time this episode goes live. So feel free to check that out. It's at uh, arcadewayfinding.com. And uh, one last piece of information about project coaching is that ideal projects for, for this process look like a project that's maybe a little bit bigger than your typical project, something that's a little bit outside of your wheelhouse, something you don't necessarily do every day and there's a higher level of risk. And then the last piece will be uh, something that maybe you haven't performed so well on last time. Maybe you ran this project or this project type and the outcome wasn't what you had hoped it would be. So what we'll do is take any one of those project types and run through those with you and show you some best practices of how can we get to a better outcome predictably and repeatably. So hopefully this episode works in two ways for everyone where on the one hand, you get to learn a little bit mm -hmm. about how we like to approach the process of pivoting to solve a problem yep. and also learn more about a thing that we do. And if you've been on the on the fence about working with us for a while, uh, then now is a great time to get a hold of us and help us help us make our transition into the next version of what we're going to be. Yeah. So uh, if you have questions about pivoting, reach out. If you have questions about project coaching, let us know. If you want to join on our weekly builder chat and just uh, share your con uh, construction questions, we have different experts available every single week for, for different areas of expertise. Feel free to send in your questions and we will get them answered. Yeah, absolutely. What else? Got anything else for today? think so. I feel like that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You can find us. You can find us on... Well, on our website. I'm there right now. Arcadewayfinding.com. Your keyboard's too quiet. You can find us. You can find us on LinkedIn. Jason Sturgeon, Mary Sturgeon, Arcade Wayfinding. You can find us in our office starting May 4th. Yes, we're going to be back to it. Social distancing and all of that. But since everyone... Social distancing be damned. At physical distancing, actually. I'm sorry, physical distancing be damned. No, not be damned. We're going to still respect it. But oh. everybody in our office actually lives in our house. So that makes it pretty I easy. Just, I just feel that way. I just feel well, that we way. we all feel that way. It's, yes. So you can find us on... Uh, you can come and everywhere. you can come We're and sit everywhere. six feet away from us and yeah. have a cup of coffee. Respectfully, is yeah. coffee still? We actually have bubbles that you can get inside of we, inside of our office. That would be cool, yeah, but we don't. Yeah, but then you have to like clean the inside of them. Every time. 
Maybe. I mean, no, you just, because it's it doesn't survive for more than like a day or two, so. Like, yeah, but it's well packaged in there. Yeah, but it still doesn't survive. You can put it in the sunlight, you know? <laughs> I was going to say something like that, but I was not going to. <laughs> but you ruined it. Anyway. I ruined it. Uh, that's our show, everybody. Let me explain how to make a joke to you. <laughs> Great. This is what we need. Enjoy the day. Yeah. See you next uh, time. Jetpack was spleen test. Spleen test. Hit us up. That's what the kids say now. Is it? Yep. Watch I thought more. they said like lit fam. Uh, uh, you know what they say, TikTok. Well, it's actually lat fam in the past tense. We're in the past tense now. The show's over. Lat is the past tense of lit. Is yes. that what we're... But yes. lit isn't a verb. It is now. <laughs> is that what's happening with That's the young people a, yes. right now? They just <laughs> use nouns for verbs and verbs for nouns. <laughs> we got to get out of here. Yeah, have a good one. Watch, Watch for, it. for it. Stay safe. Okay, are we ready? I think we're ready. Are we going to do this? We're going to do it. Are we going to just sit here all day? Like all day? <laughs> or are we going to do this? Well, you have to stop talking for long enough for me to say the intro. There's an intro. Welcome to the critical. <laughs> you messed me up. <laughs> Not funny. I psyched you out. You did. Are we gonna do this? I'm trying. Let's do it. Welcome to the. <laughs> now I just sound pissed, and everybody's gonna turn on the podcast and be like, pissed? "Why is she so mad?" I well, don't want to listen to this podcast. Mary, you should smile more. <sighs> so over this. <laughs> when do we get to go back to work? Right.